December 18th, 2014. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Polk Runyon, and tonight we present a discussion on the mission statement of the Church of the Hermetic Sciences and the Ordo Templi Astartes. Now, this is one of the topics that was discussed at our last Board of Directors meeting, as especially important with our membership increasing and new lodges be beginning to open up around the country. Now, in the magical community, we are known as the folks that know how to make ritual magic work. But that in itself is not enough of a reason for people to join join us unless they simply want to learn our techniques and methods to use for their own purposes. Now, frankly, that is not what we are here for, and we are not teaching magic so that it can be misused. We consider magic to be a system of mental and spiritual development that leads to what we refer to as enlightenment, which we define as a close personal relationship with God. And we follow a pattern of hermetic mytho-philosophy that was born in Alexandria in the first century and perfected by the Renaissance Neoplatonic hermetic magi in the 14th, 15th, and 16th century Europe, culminating in the Rosicrucian tradition. We combine paganism, Kabbalah, astrology, and alchemy in line with Jungian psychology in a neo-romantic quest for the Holy Grail based on a lineage of eternal goddesses and dying gods from the time of Melchizedek to the beginnings of Christianity. If you've ever wondered just why we do what we do and where we are going with it, stay tuned and we will try to enlighten you. Now, um, this is a tall order, but it's something that we really have been overdue in, in actually codifying and getting out there. And so uh, it was this and, and, and some other protocols were, were, uh, were on the agenda, the last board of directors meeting that we had. And uh, so I want to address this mission statement uh, tonight, and, um, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be able to publish it. In fact, uh, we have to reprint the Book of Solomon's Magic uh, for about the 16th or 17th time. And I have to do that pretty shortly because uh, we're almost uh, sold out. We're almost out of stock on that. Uh, and, of course, when I'm saying that, yeah, those the book scalpers will hear that. And maybe they'll go out and put $1,000 price uh, tags on, on their used copies of it. Or, no, no, we're going to reprint it, so don't, don't, I don't want to encourage them to do that. But the last time we got, we got close to reprinting the Cypher book, we ended up with, with uh, people, uh, some of the book scalpers were, were asking almost $1,000 a copy for it. Uh, now, um, one of the, the things that I want to mention here with this mission statement, that on the back, and those of you who are familiar with our seventh rays, uh, the new ones and the old ones, uh, on the back of the seventh ray, there is a very nice uh, uh, design of the two pillars uh, of the temple uh, with the arrayus on top of it. 
And and in the box, in the smoke rising from the brazier, which is a nice way to do it, we have a um, something that's called what is the OTA. And this is a this is actually pretty close. To, you know, in its own way, it's pretty close to a mission statement. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this whole thing to you, and then we're going to use it as an outline to um, to create uh, to, to make it into a mission statement because it, it really it, it pretty much is. So I'm looking at the back of the green ray right now. That's the uh, seventh ray, book three, and it says. The header is, what is the OTA? The Ordo Templi of Startes is a hermetic society open to men and women on an equal basis. We practice ceremonial magic in the Western occult tradition. Our initiations are based on the 18th century Masonic rite of Kratorapoa. We venerate the gods and goddesses of ancient Canaan after the example of our biblical avatars, Melchizedek and Solomon. The order is sponsored by the Church of the Hermetic Sciences, a California religious institution incorporated in 1971. The Ordo Templi Astartes is secret and initiatory. Candidates must present themselves in person to the hermitage and temple where they wish to affiliate and be accepted by the active membership. The order offers a romantic, mystical return to the ancient ideals of personal divinity in harmony with an ordered cosmos. We follow Jungian psychological conceptions and take a subjective view of magical phenomenon. We consider Western magic as our culture's unique form of shamanism. Ceremonial magic is more of an art form than a science. It combines the talents of the poet, the dramatist, and the artist with the wisdom of the great philosophers, resulting in the spiritual development of our most potent intangible resource, the creative imagination. Now, like I said, this is pretty close to a mission statement, and we've been using it, we've been using this for the last 35 years, this statement, with some modifications, of course, and updates. Now, go through it and use it as an outline to uh, to develop a full-fledged mission statement. Now, start over again. The Ordo Templi Astartes, that's the OTA, is a hermetic society open to men and women on an equal basis. We practice ceremonial magic in the Western occult tradition. Um, now, I think that uh, it's necessary for me to backtrack a little bit here and say how we how we got started practicing ceremonial magic in the Western esoteric tradition. Uh, as those of you who have seen our videos and read the Book of Solomon's Magic, you know that I back in um, 1968 69 I developed a very very serious illness and. Uh, which was misdiagnosed as an ulcer. And I, at that time, ulcers were thought to be psychosomatic. I decided that I would cure myself by learning self-hypnosis and, um, and perfecting that 
and use that discipline to cure myself of the ulcer. So I I got the books on self-hypnosis, um, and I trained myself to do it. And and so I got deeper and deeper and deeper into this, uh, but it was very, very hard to get rid of the, the, this pain because the, the actual truth is I had an atrophied gallbladder, and it was it turned into solid rock, and, and it was inflamed, and pain was... It was really little more than little more than self hypnosis could handle, but as a result of the trying of the attempt of uh, seeing if I could overcome this this pain and 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 all by I managed to get very 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 deep into self hypnosis and that led me into a into a study of mysticism and because the Tibetans were considered to be the most uh, the most effective uh, mental magicians at that time, I got all of the heavens once summed up books, and and uh, I started studying the Tibetan uh, tantric uh, tantric yoga from these books, and combining some of those techniques with uh, as much as I could with my self-hypnosis. <clears throat> and the result, then then that, that led me to, uh, to Western ceremonial magic, and I started investigating that. And, and I read uh, Arthur Waite's Book of Magic and Pacts, and, and, uh, and a very excellent survey of the whole thing by Richard Cavendish called The Black Arts. And so I, in the process of this, um, I um, I ran across a reference to the use of a, of, of the magic mirror in um, in uh, Omar Garrison's book, um, uh, the Tantra Tantra, the Yoga of Sex, and uh, so I I discovered. From experimentation, that that you could summon not just a previous incarnation uh, or or ancestors as was as was being done um, well according to Garrison and 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 and, uh, and others, uh, but you could also using this dark mirror and your own reflection, you could uh, you could summon the vision of a, of a, of a spirit. And this, of course, uh, worked very well. Along with my study of Indian psychology, I realized that, and 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 the Kabbalah, and and at this time I was, you know, I was reading uh, Saragossa manuscript and and uh, and uh, and George MacDonald's Fantastics, in which they have a lot of magic uh, stories about the use of magic mirrors. And realizing that these spirits really are—they all in, they all dwell in your in, in as archetypes in your subconscious anyway. And so uh, uh, I I developed this method of using uh, the the uh, from the Galatia of the Lamegaton uh, of bringing forth these uh, these uh, ancient Galatic uh, spirits. And the two of them that I was most fascinated with, especially after reading Cavendish's book, was uh, 
was uh, Baal and, and Ashtaroth, who actually were, according to Cavendish, and, and this has been confirmed by other anthropologists and, and, and scholars, that they actually were uh, the old Canaanite gods, Baal and Astarte, the goddess Astarte. And they had been demonized by the rabbis and also by the by the uh, the priests and and uh and by Milton and the rest of the and the, the rest of the uh, um uh, the Christian and Jewish uh, uh clergy and 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 writers so they had demonized these uh, these two so if i could bring uh Mal and Astarte to visible appearance and 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 and, and talk with them they then I would have, I would be resurrecting these uh, uh, these ancient Canaanite uh, god goddess form. So I did this, and it worked. And and um, and this, of course, was was really quite a tr- tremendous experience for me. This found out that this this would really work, and I got in communication with these 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 ancient uh, forms and. Uh, ancient uh, uh, goddess form, and they um, what they did uh, was they inspired me to to uh, to recreate uh, to recreate a version of their of their ancient religion, a modernized version of it. Now, and I got to say, at the same time I was doing this, I was uh, well, eventually my my. Ulcer got my my so-called ulcer, the, the, the gallbladder got properly diagnosed, and I had surgery and got it out, and I recovered. And and I was looking around at this point, you know, I I realized that that I was going to be, I could still, after I recovered, I really could still do this. And um, and I could, and not only that, I could teach other people to do it. So I wanted to uh, to found a. Uh, magical, uh, magical lodge to 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 teach this 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 work and to and to develop it. And at the time, I was looking around for well, quite frankly, I was looking around for a master. I knew that the, you know I'd been trying to find um, trying to find uh, a Western master that I could study with. And and uh, of course I did I did I eventually uh, I eventually met. Francis Regardi and uh, and uh, and and Lewis and old Lewis Culling. So, but before that, before that, I got hooked up with 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 them. I I met Frederick Adams, and this Frederick Adams was exactly what I was looking for—a Western master, and. And so I studied with Fred, and of course Fred was the founder of Ferraferia, and uh, that's uh, a Robert Graves-based uh, uh, cult uh, that, that nature, nature, and uh, and ancient uh, the reconstruction in Fred's the way Fred did it of the Eleusinian mysteries. Now, um, so I studied with Fred, and I joined Ferraferia, and and. Uh, and I learned a lot from Fred. I learned one of the main things I learned from Fred that so many of these these modern occultists just don't don't understand and don't know. What I learned from Fred was that the all of Western magic and 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 all of the the reality of all of this is in 
the Renaissance, the Renaissance Neoplatonists and the old Greek philosophers and and uh, Pythagoras and 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 Plato and and all the way down through Plotinus and uh, uh, and all the way down all the way to the to the Gnostics of Alexandria, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And I learned that I learned to appreciate uh, all of this from from Fred. And this 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 was worth really this was was really worth its weight in gold because um, this is where uh, so many of, you know so many of these modern occultists uh, the, the furthest back they read is Eliphas Levy they don't go much further back than that and and uh, and they spend they spend all their time thinking they can learn everything from reading Crowley and reading Paul Case well they can't. Because Crowley, uh, because Paul Case was way off the mark in many, many things, and and Crowley, well, uh, sure, I read Crowley, and and for a while I, 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 um, I thought for a while I thought I was probably a felomite for a while, but I got, uh, I soon got out of that, but but Fred Fred Adams was really my 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 master, and I, and he and he was the one who. Had these these Eleusinian uh, seasonal ceremonies, and and based on the ancient Greek legend of, of uh, Persephone and Cori and and uh, so um, by this time we had we had started the OTA, the Order of the Temple of Astarte, and and uh, this was based upon our you know our relationship with with Astarte that we were bringing forth using the Goetia, and um, and. So, um, um, at this point, under Fred's influence, uh, I discovered, uh, well, I discovered uh, the the ancient Canaanite um, uh, legends that had been unearthed, actually, back in the 1930s. And so, we were able to actually, recon- actually look at, at what, Balanastarte's religion really was. We could finally, finally, after all these hundreds of years, realize it. And I combined that with with other things that I learned from from Fred about classical paganism. And um, in, in the end, so consequently, what what we uh, what we realized, uh, what what I realized we had was was a uh, a. Um, a, a, a version of classical mythology that 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 under actually underlaid the biblical tradition and and was connected all the way up through all the way up through Solomon and of course Solomon was was supposed to be quite a magician as you as I'm sure you all know and he was the one that that put the the seventy two spirits of the of the uh, Galatia in, into the brass vessel, uh, and so I realized that Solomon, reading the Bible, studying uh, about the ancient Canaanite religion, and really uh, doing the research, that Solomon actually was a devotee of Astarte, and and uh, and the um, so what we what we realized here was that underlying underlying the the uh, the bible and the kabbalah and and uh this biblical tradition was really all the way up through solomon 
was the classical paganism of the Phoenicians, which was very close to, in many ways, to the mythology of the, the Babylonians, you know, uh, and ancient Sumer with Ishtar and and, uh, and and that pantheon, and also had also cognate with with ancient Egypt with Isis and Osiris, and and with with ancient Greece and and uh, uh, the yeah Hercules and uh, and uh, uh, Europa and a number of Greek uh, and Aphrodite, especially Aphrodite, is Astarte and actually did come from 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 uh, ancient uh, ancient Canaan and and uh, and Hercules of course was was originally an ancient uh, was originally Melkart of the Phoenicians so there's a quite a connection uh in fact we might say that 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 um the Phoenician the ancient Phoenician Canaanite religion of Baal and Astarte and and Father El and Mother Asherah above them was really the 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 oldest religion behind all of this, and so um, and what so what that led to was us creating, especially under the influence of Fred's beautiful ceremonies in Peripheria, uh, and and my wife at the time, Sarah uh, Artemis, said she said she told me she said she said look we 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 have to have seasonal ceremonies. In the OTA, we would just have to. We have to have, and so I started, you know, really researching them, and uh, and and I began to 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 work them up, and the 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 important thing here at this point, uh, I think Fred suggested to me that I read a book called From Ritual to Romance by Jesse Weston, a British anthropologist, lady anthropologist. Uh, um, back in 1920, she published this book called From Ritual to Romance. And what she had discovered, and, and her thesis in this book, was that the whole legend of the Holy Grail started in ancient Canaan in, in, a, in, a, in a spring up, way up in the mountains of Lebanon called Afaka, where the water ran out of, the, out of this grotto and then fell down into a gorge, and and in the in the springtime when the water level rose, it reached a, a hematite layer in the side of the of the of the gorge, and the river ran red all the way out to the sea. And this was said to replicate uh, the uh, the death of the dying god. And in this case, uh, originally this was Baal. This was Baal being killed by moat. Uh, but eventually it became translated as 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 they were Hellenized, it it got into um, um, uh, Adonis, and he was supposedly killed by a wild boar, and uh, and Astarte, uh, you know, grieved for him, and and uh, so um, what she had discovered was that this this legend. This legend of the dying god and 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 the river running red was went all the way back to to uh, originally the Canaanite times. Now she based this on a document called the Nasein document, which was a Gnostic document 
that uh, a church father, Hippolytus, had reproduced. And uh, she based it on this. And what the general idea was, was that, that and, and this, was, this was really a, 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 quite a, quite a, a revelation to me as I studied this, that, that the Nicene document said that all these dying gods from Osiris and and uh, and and Baal and all of these dying gods culminated eventually in Jesus of Nazareth. He was the last of the pagan dying gods, and of course his uh, consort, who mourned for him, was as we know Mary Magdalene, and and also she was his she was obviously his priestess. Well. This was carried through in an Essene document, and it's it's all it's all in there. And uh, and Jesse Weston he used this as her thesis for this is the origin of the Holy Grail. Well, uh, so this is where this is this was the message of our of our seasonals, and uh, and we then developed all four solstice and equinox ceremonies, which we've been doing for the past forty. Uh, well, more than 40 years now, uh, and we're about to do uh, balsam in, uh, in in a couple of days now. Uh, so this this uh, really this following all the way through from from Baal and Astarte all the way through uh, all the way through to to Jesus of Nazareth. This completes the uh the western tradition and it ties in the ancient the ancient pagan archetypes and the phoenician pantheon the old pantheon of the gods and it justifies it justifies the the uh uh the the renaissance fascination that the renaissance magi had with classical mythology and, and they were trying you know even though they were christians they were all Christians and eventually Rosicrucians, but they were they were they were trying to 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 uh, have a revival of classical uh, mythology. Of course, they were they were looking at the Greek, primarily the Greek end of it, and the Greco uh, to some degree Greco-Egyptian. <laughs> but that, of course, is translatable into, as I say, it's translatable into the Canaanite. Now, one of the reasons why we like to stay with with the Canaanite rather than the to try to translate this into Greek is because this gives us a direct connection with Solomon. And and Solomon is the, the great avatar of ceremonial magic, as I'm sure you know. And so consequently, we wanted to stay with the Canaanite uh, uh, classical pagan tradition. We wanted to stay with them and use those archetypes and as... Uh, as our uh, as our ancient avatars, but under the uh, you should understand this, all of these these uh, ancient archetypes are are literally opened up and controlled by by the archangels and by and by and, and by God. Now, when it comes to God, uh, we we uh, got away from using uh, Jehovah or YHVH. 
we got away from that because the over god of, of the ancient Canaanites was El, and he was called El the Compassionate. And and uh, we believe, and and uh, we have we have also uh, you know left back up to back this up that Jesus of Nazareth was really trying to that his New Testament, his New Covenant was trying to restore L, L rather than 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 Yoda Wahe as the um, as the, the 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 God of the New Testament, because El was always called El the Compassionate, and he was the father of all the gods, and the father of of, of men, and his consort, Lady Asherah of the Sea, was was um, uh, you know the, the two of them presided over the Holy Family, very much like Olympus, very much like Mount, Mount Olympus, and. Um, and the so we 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 uh, and by the way I want to mention that the Bible itself can be divided into uh, books uh, that favor Yahweh and books that favor El, and you can divide the whole the whole Old Testament up into these different books. And so our idea. It was, and, and and we have you know we can we have scholars that will agree with us that Jesus that Jesus was really uh, a devotee of El. Now one of the reasons you know Paul said on a couple of occasions that Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Well, Melchizedek was certainly a priest of El, not not uh, not Jehovah. So. Um, this is one of our. We're talking about a mission statement here. This is one of our uh, our aspects of our mission statement is is to uh, to promote the idea of of El as as the compassionate Father God and and um, and to to uh, understand that uh, that this. This is our interpretation of the new covenant, and also to realize that Mary Magdalene uh, was quite probably Jesus's wife. We 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 follow that idea, and also his high priestess. And um, that, by the way, uh, in the Nicene document, the final uh, uh, culmination of that is a a, a Phoenician. Uh, uh, Christian Gnostic uh, philosopher and priest, Marcus the Valentinian. And Marcus the Valentinian and his priestess uh, gave communion together and replicated the Afaka uh, uh, Holy Grail phenomenon with their chalice that, that where they turned uh, water into wine. And uh, now, so that's that we consider to be the the, the foundation of the uh, of the, the legend of the Holy Grail, because Marcus uh, Marcus Marcus was first century, by the way. Marcus's uh, version uh, of of this communion and his uh, his version of Christianity went all the way to southern France and up into the Rhone Valley above uh, Languedoc, and and that's where 
the Holy Grail tradition got into southern France and eventually over to Glastonbury. And uh, that follows right along with, well, it follows along with the, the uh, if you want to be quite um, popular about it, it follows along with Holy Blood, Holy Grail, and it also follows along with the Da Vinci Code. And it is especially confirmed by this latest book that's come out called The Lost Gospel. Uh, and and uh, that confirms confirms this 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 whole idea. Now, um, so I want to point out that that uh, that we are not necessarily uh, pagan, and and uh, uh, we're not necessarily pagan. We are actually just as I would say we're just as Christian as we are pagan, and, and or Rosicrucian, because. This is certainly uh, has a relationship to uh, to Rosicrucianism. In fact, I suspect that um, after reading the Lost Gospel, I suspect that the, that the, the Rosicrucians were aware of this uh, this Joseph and, and Asenath, uh story that is really an, is, is really an allegory of of uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene. I suspect they were they knew about this because Mary Magdalene or Mary the Magdalene means Mary the Lady of the Tower. And and if you uh, and the whole central theme and Marcus by the way was a Valentinian and and uh this um this lost gospel is a Valentinian document and the Valentinians they thought and they believed, as we believe, that the holy marriage, in this case of, of Jesus and Mary the Magdalene, the holy marriage, or hieros gamos, is the real sacrament, is the real communion, and is the real, uh, the real, the really sacred uh, uh, passion. This is the passion of Jesus and Mary. Not the crucifixion, as the Catholic Church would have you believe. That the crucifixion, uh, uh, if, if that ever occurred, or if it did, uh, it, it was that was sad and 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 all. But that was not the passion. The passion was the holy marriage of the of the, of the two, and um, and that, of course, is also the Hieros Gamos, which uh, which we celebrate. Uh, uh, the sacred marriage at at, uh, at uh, Vernal Equinox uh, with uh, Baal and Astarte, and uh, and um, that's part of our alchemical of our, of our first four operations. Uh, now, um, this so this is literally what we are what we are are are, are doing here is we're we're putting we're putting the whole classical underlying. Uh, truth behind the Bible, the truth behind the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we're bringing this thing all through, and we're we're doing it in terms of the Western esoteric tradition, because all of this that, we're, that I'm talking about, all of these things are in, they are hinted at, and they are symbolized in, in aspects of the Western esoteric tradition. Um, and both in Jewish uh, practice and in, in Christian practice. Now, um, in relationship to that, let's uh, let's uh, uh, consider that the Crater Apollo, 
and I want to talk about that a little bit because uh, the 18th I said 18th century Masonic writer, writer, poet. The only reason why I called it Masonic is because it was written by Masons, and what they did, uh, von uh, von Copen primarily, what they did was they tried to collect thing they could get from classical sources about the Alexandria, the first century Alexandrian mystery initiations and collect everything they could find and put together a series of seven degrees that they called the the the, uh, the, the initiations of the Egyptian priests. And this was, when I say, you know, we say Egyptian, but actually they weren't. They were Greco-Egyptian. Because at that time, first century Alexandria, this was very, very much a Greekified, uh, Hellenistic uh, approach to they, they 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 still had the legend of Isis and Osiris, but they'd lost just about everything else out of out of Egyptian uh, mythology, uh, and uh, and the, the legend, but but Isis, but the legend of Isis and Osiris is very very much like this. This precedes uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and and uh, this this is right in the line of it. But what I'm what I want to point out with Crowderapoa is that the seventh degree of Crowderapoa in the seventh degree, the holy sacrament, the sacramental, not 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 wine, not not blood, but honey, a honeycomb that Jesus brings down in his angelic form. To Mary's tower, she lives in the in the tower, uh, and and he brings this down to her to her bridal chamber in the tower, and they share this honeycomb, and that is the sacred drink that we have been using for the past thirty seven years. It's called Oemalus in the in the Craterapoa. And it's a honey. It's it's made with honey, and this comes. So I, I uh, and and now not only that, that's one makes me think that that von Copen and his and his team of esoteric masons who put the Crowder Poe together that they had access to the uh, Joseph and Asenath version of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, because the honeycomb is featured as the sacrament for the holy marriage. It's a seminal sacrament rather than a blood sacrament, of course. And now, so they, that becomes the holy malus in the seventh degree of Craterapoa, which we have been using uh, ever since our, our, our we use it every, every solstice. Every solstice, Paul goes around the circle with this, with this uh, goblet of uh, honey, which we, which we, we mix, we mix, um, um, one part honey with one part uh, uh, 151 uh, rum, and and mix that up, and uh, that uh, that's our that's our version of Oe Oe Malus for the uh, for the the the, uh, the circle dance uh, that Baal um, does on the solstices, and and uh, now the one other thing that. Uh, that uh, Prater Solomon pointed out to me as we were reading the Lost Gospel, the, uh, the Joseph and Asenath story, is that the seventh 
degree, in the seventh degree of Kratarapua, the seventh degree uh, candidate is, when he reaches the seventh degree, he is called the prophet, and he is called, uh, and he is called uh, uh, the the revealer of the mysteries. Now, this, of course, is based upon upon uh, Joseph, Dreamcoat Joseph, which the story of Jesus and, and Mary Magdalene is extrapolated from the originally from the original Joseph of the Old Testament, who became the, the Grand Wazir of, of Pharaoh, as you recall. And but Pharaoh gave Pharaoh gave Joseph, you know, the original Joseph in the Old Testament. He gave him a title. And and he gave him a title, a two-word title. Uh, uh, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I'll probably mispronounce it. But it's in the Bible. It's in it's in Genesis, and that is the title that that the writers of Kratarapoa gave to the seventh degree prophet when he reached that that. That's the title, exactly the same title that Pharaoh gave to to Joseph. So I am convinced that this that the acid that the Joseph and Asenath story was known to the writers of Kratarapoa. And I'm also convinced that it was known to the to the to Valentine Andre if if he if he in fact wrote the chemical wedding of Christian Rosencruz, I'm convinced that that he also had access to this to this document because there's too much tower symbolism and Mary Magdalene is as as has been pointed out in the Da Vinci Code and everything else. Mary Magdalene is she is the Holy Grail. Her womb is and, and her and, and of course her children. And and all of that is is also covered in, in the Lost Gospel. So this we have we call Chistophorus in the in the Craterapola is our Rosicrucian degree. And and we call on the inner order of the Craterapola and our Craterapola we call our our version of it Craterapola Reformado. In other words, the Craterapola reformed. Because we have changed we made a lot of changes in Craterapola to move different elements around to different degrees. They have a lot of different tests and elements and ordeals in the wrong place as far as, as as the initiatory scheme is concerned, and so we've we've rearranged uh, some of these things. So we and and added added uh, things to it, like we've added the legend of Solomon and Sheba uh, in uh, uh, to the alchemical uh, degree to alchemia and that temple legend, and uh, we've uh, we we've um, um, modified the Kratarapoa to include uh, some of these aspects that I've been discussing. And uh, we call our inner order from, from Chistophorus, fourth degree on up, the ORC, the Order of Rosicrucis. And, 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 uh, and we, use, uh, we use Coliostro's Old Rose Cross with the Enneosphere that you find in Paul Christian's uh, History and Practice of Magic. Which is where we get the French version of the Craterapoa, which we've also included. Now, uh, let's continue on. So 
we've uh, we've uh, um, also too. I'd like to mention that that we say our biblical avatars Melchizedek and Solomon. Before that, we should put Enoch because Enoch was definitely Canaanite, and the so-called book Ethiopian Enoch, that so-called book, that's a Canaanite book. That that's one of the L books. And and uh, by the way, predicts predicts Jesus very 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 clearly. And um, and all of those fallen angels came down on to Mount Hermon, which is in Lebanon. And so it is definitely uh, this is uh, Enoch should be considered one of an antediluvian avatar. And that's something we share with Masonry, by the way. Now. Um, I said the order of Temple of Astartes is secret and initiatory. Candidates must present themselves in person to the Hermitage and Temple where they wish to affiliate and be accepted by the active membership. Now that's true for active members, but we have an associate member program which we've which we've had in the works for years and finally manifested and due to the excellent work of Soros Andrea. And and so we have this associate member program which is online. So you can join us online and we have uh we have a little mystery school and lessons and and uh a wonderful pathworking D V D that you can you can get once you, you get into it. And uh um now so then then once you're a, a an associate member, it's fairly easy if you you know, to get to find a, a an active lodge nearby we have lodges in in uh, in Texas. We have lodges in 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 Georgia, and we're developing lodges in Pennsylvania, and 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 uh, and we're starting we're starting them up. You know, we're we're growing very very fast. So uh, the way to the way the way to get in is to join the associate member program, and and then then try to find the nearest lodge to you, and uh, and you know. And you might even want to might even want to start a study group and start one yourself and get an get an encampment authorization and get going. Uh, now, uh, you know one of the fascinating things about the OTA, of course, is is our equipment. We 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 use uh, we use uh, the magic mirrors and, and you know the triangle and the circle and all all of the paraphernalia of medieval ceremonial and renaissance ceremonial magic we use it and it works and and we we conjure a visible appearance we channel angels and spirits and and ancient god forms and and um, we do celestial magic and and we have a wonderful celestial magic system in the inner order uh and and uh, which, of course, is based on, on mystical astrology. Now, to go a little further with this this um, statement here, the order offers a romantic, mystical return to the ancient ideals of personal divinity and harmony with an ordered cosmos. All right. Now, we are very, very romantic. And... and you, you just about have to be a romantic to be attracted to 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 our to our particular uh, organization and style and whatever. Now, what is a romantic? Well, a romantic is a person who believes that he or she has a special 
uh, that their life is very special, and they have and, and they have a calling. They have they have a, a special connection with God, or they will develop one, or they want to develop one. And they they are and they believe they believe in in in, uh, in destiny, and they believe in in uh, in personal they believe in personal achievement uh, in a spiritual and in an artistic sense. Um, most great artists, musicians, and and uh, and uh, and you know composers and poets and, and and many writers are romantics. They 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 uh, romantics. Uh, as I said, the a mystical return to the ancient ideals of personal divinity in harmony with an ordered cosmos. In other words, the hermetic proposition itself is very romantic. Uh, and, and the Hermetic tradition, uh, we believe, uh, we accept astrology, we we, uh, we we use astrology in our magic, and and we uh, and we are we believe that that the human that the human body is a microcosm of the greater macrocosm of the universe. In other words, you have the whole solar system inside yourself. The the the, the, the tree of life, uh, the Kabbalistic tree of life. Is very astrological and very, very planetary, and the, the spheres of the tree of life are are equated with the planets, and we put all those spheres inside ourselves, and we have we have the tree of life within us, and uh, and they they we we use them the same way that the, the that the uh, the Easterners use the chakra system. We have our own form of yoga, which uh, which. Yeah, uses the tree of life, uh, and we're in in which all of the uh, the spheres are the planets within. Way is based very very soundly on the Western esoteric tradition and the Rosicrucian tradition. Now, they said we follow a Jungian psychological conceptions. Now, Carl Jung, Carl Jung, as far as we are concerned, he is psychology. Psychology of the collective unconscious and his uh, idea of archetypes and, and the shadow and all these various uh, mythological, uh, uh, mythological, alchemical, and even astrological aspects of Jungian psychology. We are we are very 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 firmly on along that line. And by the way, Jungian Jungian psychological philosophy is right in keeping with Hermes Trismegistus. You could just about take the, the the writings of Hermes and read them and read the writings of Carl Jung and just see how they all go together. And uh, so and so we take a subjective view of magical phenomenon, okay? Uh, now it's um I don't want to call the Kabbalion a um, a hermetic work, but I guess it is in, in in a way. It's a lot of a lot of new thought in it. More so, there's more new thought philosophy than than hermetic philosophy. But the Kabbalion makes one statement over and over again: everything is mental, and they're right because all the angels, the spirits, the um, uh, everything, everything is accessible to and 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 uh and and 
functions through efforts of and perception of the human mind. So we take a subjective view of magical phenomenon. When you when you conjure a spirit to visible appearance, you're using your own reflection, and that's if you put the sigil on there. Of course, that breaks up the, the facial reflection, makes it makes it uh, unique. But yeah, but it's coming. It, it, it resides, and you're seeing it through your the filter of your mind. Now, this actually is really not. There are a lot of people out there uh, in, in practicing ceremonial magic and writing books about ceremonial magic who believe that these spirits are completely outside of the mind, that that that, 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 that the mind is not necessary, that, uh, that being in a magical trance state is not necessary to actually access them. This is not true. This, you have to be, in order to, to communicate with these spirits, in order to, to, to manifest them, you need to be in the magical trance state. And that is a form of hypnosis. And, and also, it's, it's a form of yoga. And uh, so the magical trance state is definitely necessary. And these spirits are subjective, and, and yet they're very, very powerful. And they can even be dangerous, but, but they are... Uh, that they are subjective. And I said, we consider Western magic as our culture's unique form of shamanism. Well, the shamans would certainly agree with us, uh, third world shamans or so-called primitive shamans. And they, by the way, have these people have no problem with, with subjective manifestation. They have no problem with it at all. It's just some of these very credulous individuals, and one of them happens to be a, a very, at least within the magical community, a very famous writer of magic books. And, and, uh, and he believes that these spirits are totally outside of the mind. And, and uh, they come floating around in the air, when you call them, whatever. And this is just not the way it is. Um, and now, ceremonial magic is more of an art form than a science. It combines the talents of the poet, the dramatist, and the artist with the wisdom of the great philosophers, resulting in the spiritual development of our most potent and tangible resource, the creative imagination. Now, one of the things that that people are discovering that join, yes, people just join the associate member program, they're starting to discover with us, that talents that they never knew they had, they build their own equipment, and then they, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could build things. I didn't know I could, I could make models. I didn't know I could, could, um, uh, could build any of this, this this material. I didn't know that I had artistic talent. Well, you're going to exercise your artistic talent when you're a magician, because you build your own equipment, and you're and and you you will so you will use you will use art and stagecraft and and um, and costuming. And as I said, it combines the talents of the poet, the dramatist, and the artist. Okay, well, magic is, is conjurations or, or Elizabethan-type uh, uh, conjurations uh, uh, that, we, that we learn and, and used. And, and, and the poetry of our seasonal ceremonies. And, and 
And, of course, your drama, obviously you're putting on sacred dramas, and so you're exercising that, that ability. And, and the artist, as I've discussed, in, in the various arts and crafts. And the wisdom of the great philosophers, yes, you will be reading. You will be reading as you study magic and study it correctly. You'll be reading um, ancient Greek philosophers. You'll be reading. Uh, you'll be reading uh, things like Plato's Timaeus, and you know you you will you will be you will really really uh, be dipping into the well of, of ancient wisdom. And, and expanding your consciousness as a result. Now, you're, you're, you're uh, developing your most, your most creative uh, resource, your creative imagination. That's our power, the power of the imagination. I've even run across some Buddhist writers who, who will tell me, who will tell you, oh, no, imagination, that's not what you want. You don't want imagination. No, they're they're what they're doing is is they're they're using they're getting you to have a subjective vision and then they're telling you that's not imagination. Well at the same time they they are programming you to visualize all these different tankas and 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 uh and mandalas and you're practicing visualizing all this, and then they're telling you what you what you receive is not imagination. Your imagination <laughs> is working for you all the time in magic. Their magic and ours. Um, and as some those of you who know me are aware, I spent a lot of time I spent a lot of time sitting sitting and doing uh, tantra yoga with, with with Tibetans, and so I. I'm I'm quite familiar with their their philosophy and their techniques, and and we've used as many of those as we can in our process. Now, so what are we? Where is all this leading? And this is where we get back into the mission statement aspect of this. Well, one of the things we're doing is we're we're epitomizing romanticism, and we are unique. We're we're the unique American magical system. These other magical systems, like the Golden Dawn, the OTO, they come from 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 Europe and from England or whatever. The OTA and the Crowder Repoa Reformato, this is unique American system. <coughs> and romanticism is uniquely American too. It's the American dream. Be all you can be. That's the Army slogan. And 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 discover your destiny. Now, give Crowley, I'm going to give Crowley some credit because Crowley did bring magic into the realm of a modern, modern system, and, and we, do, we do owe him thanks for that. And Crowley also said something else, too. He said, find your true will and do it. And that's, that, that is very, very true. One of the things that magic does, and we say, no, okay, Te ipsum, tuas deus, know yourself, you are you are God. Or or in your temple you are one with the gods. Now, the idea here is, and the big secret of the Hermetic tradition, the great big huge secret is the great I am. And the great I am amounts to the fact that that the only place you're ever going to find God is inside yourself. That we are all born with 
a certain measure of God within us, a spark of divinity. And the whole idea of the holy guardian angel thing, which is another thing we do, by the way, our our, uh, our third degree, uh, that's Milano Ferris, is a holy guardian angel retreat. And we don't do it. We don't do it Abermellon style. Uh, the real uh, Abermellon is not the, the most traditional holy guardian angel system in Western magic. The most traditional is the one Hermes originally laid down and Agrippa and, and, and Trothemius uh, codified and that is found, replicated, and laid out in the Pauline art of the Lamegaton. Now, that's the real holy guardian angel system, and that's what we do in our holy guardian angel retreat. Now, what you're trying to do is find your connection to God with your holy guardian angel. He is with you through your various incarnations, and you have other angels, other guardian angels that come with you uh, with your with your uh, your birth sign and with your and 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 with your ascendant. But your connection to God through all the incarnations is your holy guardian angel, and you will discover that connection to God. You'll work to work. Uh, you know, to, to to develop that connection, and what we're going to, what you're going to discover, and the big secret behind behind the Hermetic tradition, the secret that was known by by Meister Eckhart and Jacob Borm, and and uh, and has been known all the way through by Hermetic adepts, is that is that God is within you. And you'll find God within yourself. And once you find God within yourself, you are immortal because you realize that that consciousness never dies. Conscious, God's consciousness doesn't die. You go on. And, and, and the idea, and Jesus, quite frankly, this was what he was trying to do, was to get us purified and and. and and um, redeemed enough to where we could, where we could find that spark of God within us, and 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 become one with it, and and then then that's salvation. Then you are immortal. You're you're because uh, this this is the secret behind. Basically, it's the secret behind Jesus's teachings, and. But this secret was was really you'll find it in 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 the hermetic in the hermetic treatises and you'll find it you know you'll find it as I say uh, the writings of Meister Eckhart and the writings of, of Jacob Borm you'll you'll find it over and over again uh, that that I am the great I am and that's, that 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 was the name of God that Moses received uh, you know and and uh, the, the the so um the, the 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 idea here is this is enlightenment and when you finally realize that yes yes you do have god within you yes you are you are the eyes the ears and and the senses of god as Meister Eckhart said over and over and and Jacob Borm said we've been given eyes and 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 and, and mouth nose ears uh, we've been given the senses and to, to be 
the eyes and ears and and the senses of God Himself. We are, we we are we're here according to Hermes to witness and celebrate the acts of the Creator. That's uh, that's what we're here for, and 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 therefore, in the West especially, we like life. We enjoy life. We enjoy nature. We enjoy life. We appreciate uh, we appreciate God's gifts to us, and and we we want to to have the experience of becoming one with God. Now, when you get this experience, uh, you you uh, and you can do this in meditation. Uh, this this can come in meditation, and that's um, one of the one of the great things about Hermetic Yoga is is that that uh, you know and yoga on the on the, on the spheres within, and uh, you can you can really get uh, get close get close to God, and that's what that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get we're trying to bring people to the idea of of this oneness, become one with God, become one with God, and and like our our uh, our our. Uh, one of our yoga, where, where you you breathe in, and as you breathe in, you say to yourself, "Through me flows a river of unlimited love." You hold that, and then you breathe out out loud, and you say, "I am one with God." Breathe in, say it to yourself: "Through me flows a river of unlimited love." Hold it, let it out. I am one with God, and you do this. You do this twenty-two times. And, and before you go into into your yoga and explore your chakras within, so um, we're trying to we're trying to bring we're trying to bring people to God. Also, and you say, well, yes, but why are you using all these old pagan gods and goddesses? Because they are all part of us. The pagan, the the the, 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 the we still have the god. The, the gods are still in us. They represent our passions, our desires. Our they're very human. As Hermes said, man creates the gods of the earth, sphere the gods of the zodiac are eternal. Yeah, you're God, so you're going to create the gods, you're going to recreate and remember and recreate the gods within yourself. And the angels of each of each one of the uh, spheres will open the door so you can visit your, your, your gods, which are part of you. That's part of what makes you human. And this is one of the things that was lost when the Christians, uh, you know, tried to uh, tried to destroy classical paganism, and Hermes Trismegistus tried, that was the last the last attempt for classical paganism to survive. But the truth is that Marcus the Valentinian, uh, who was he was he was not just a Gnostic Christian. Marcus the Valentinian was a Hermetic Christian. In fact, uh, Hippolytus, who did the Nicene document, he said that that, uh, that Marcus was more of a Pythagorean than a than a Christian. Well, Pythagoras is one of the one of the the bedrocks of of Hermetic philosophy. So, what we're trying to do, and our 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 mission, is to lead our members, is to lead them into a flowering of their romantic spirit 
and 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 to find their find their their true will and purpose and and to bring them closer to God and to help them achieve uh achieve immortality and and uh and uh I think that that in in is is a worthy goal a worthy mission and and is a worthy worthy uh uh, uh, task for us to do, and to to you know to bring our message to as many people as possible, and give them the tools, and give them the the uh, uh, the opportunity to enjoy this supreme adventure. And uh, so uh, next week, uh, next week we will um, have another uh, another show where we'll. Discuss uh, some aspects of magical philosophy, and and, uh, and so we're going along on the same theme. So uh, be sure to tune in next week, and we'll be and we'll be back. And and meanwhile, good magic. <laughs>